Chapter Thirty Eight of Monsieur Lecoq, Part Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. Monsieur Lecoq by Emile Gaboriau, Part Two, Chapter Thirty Eight. To disturb the merrymaking at the Chateau de Sermeuse to change the joy of the bridal day into sadness to cast a gloom over the nuptials of martial and mademoiselle blanche de courtomieu this in truth was all that jean lacheneur hoped to do as for believing that martial triumphant and happy would accept the challenge of maurice a miserable outlaw he did not believe it while awaiting martial in the vestibule of the chateau he armed himself against the scorn and sneers which he would probably receive from this haughty nobleman whom he had come to insult but martial's kindly greeting had disconcerted him a little but he was reassured when he saw the terrible effect produced upon the marquis by the insulting letter we have cut him to the quick he thought when martial seized him by the arm and led him upstairs he made no resistance while they traversed the brightly lighted drawing-rooms and passed through the crowd of astonished guests jean thought neither of his heavy shoes nor of his peasant dress breathless with anxiety he wondered what was to come he soon knew leaning against the gilded doorpost he witnessed the terrible scene in the little salon he saw martial de sermeuse frantic with passion cast into the face of his father-in-law maurice d'escorval's letter one might have supposed that all this did not affect him in the least he stood so cold and unmoved with compressed lips and downcast eyes but appearances were deceitful his heart throbbed with wild exultation and if he cast down his eyes it was only to conceal the joy that sparkled there he had not hoped for so prompt and so terrible a revenge nor was this all after brutally repulsing blanche his newly wedded wife who attempted to detain him martial again seized jean lacheneur's arm now he said follow me jean followed him still without a word they again crossed the grand hall but instead of going to the vestibule martial took a candle that was burning upon a side table and opened a little door leading to the private staircase where are you taking me inquired jean lacheneur martial who had already ascended two or three steps turned are you afraid he asked the other shrugged his shoulders and coldly replied if you put it in that way let us go on they entered the room which martial had occupied since taking possession of the chateau it was the same room that had once belonged to jean lacheneur and nothing had been changed he recognized the brightly flowered curtains the figures on the carpet and even an old armchair where he had read many a novel in secret martial hastened to a small writing-desk and took from it a paper which he slipped into his pocket now said he let us go we must avoid another scene my father and my wife will be seeking me i will explain when we are outside they hastily descended the staircase passed through the gardens and soon reached the long avenue then jean lacheneur suddenly paused to come so far for a simple yes or no is i think unnecessary said he have you decided what answer am i to give maurice d'escorval nothing you will take me to him 
i must see him and speak with him in order to justify myself let us proceed but jean lacheneur did not move what you ask is impossible he replied why because maurice is pursued if he is captured he will be tried and undoubtedly condemned to death he is now in a safe retreat and i have no right to disclose it maurice's safe retreat was in fact only a neighboring wood where in company with the corporal he was awaiting jean's return but jean could not resist the temptation to make this response which was far more insulting than if he had simply said we fear informers strange as it may appear to one who knew martial's proud and violent nature he did not resent the insult so you distrust me he said sadly jean lacheneur was silent another insult but insisted martial after what you have just seen and heard you can no longer suspect me of having cut the ropes which i carried to the baron no i am convinced that you are innocent of that atrocious act you saw how i punished the man who dared to compromise the honor of the name of sairmeuse and this man is the father of the young girl whom i wedded to-day i have seen all this but i must still reply impossible jean was amazed at the patience we should rather say the humble resignation displayed by martial de sairmeuse instead of rebelling against this manifest injustice martial drew from his pocket the paper which he had just taken from his desk and handing it to jean those who have brought upon me the shame of having my word doubted shall be punished for it he said grimly you do not believe in my sincerity jean here is a proof which i expect you to give to maurice and which cannot fail to convince even you what is this proof the letter written by my hand in exchange for which my father assisted in the baron's escape an inexplicable presentiment prevented me from burning this compromising letter to-day i rejoice that such was the case take it and use it as you will any one save jean lacheneur would have been touched by the generosity of soul but jean was implacable his was a nature which nothing can disarm which nothing can mollify hatred in his heart was a passion which instead of growing weaker with time increased and became more terrible he would have sacrificed anything at that moment for the ineffable joy of seeing this proud and detested marquis at his feet very well i will give it to maurice he responded coldly it should be a bond of alliance it seems to me said martial gently jean lacheneur made a gesture terrible in its irony and menace a bond of alliance he exclaimed you are too fast monsieur le marquis have you forgotten all the blood that flows between us you did not cut the ropes but who condemned the innocent baron d'escorval to death was it not the duc de sairmeuse an alliance you have forgotten that you and yours sent my father to the scaffold how have you rewarded the man whose heroic honesty gave you back a fortune by murdering him and by ruining the reputation of his daughter i offered my name and my fortune to your sister i would have killed her with my own hand had she accepted your offer let this prove to you that i do not forget if any great disgrace ever tarnishes the proud name of sairmeuse think of jean lacheneur my hand will be in it he was so frantic with passion that he forgot his usual caution by a violent effort he recovered his self-possession and in calmer tones he added and if you are so desirous of seeing maurice be at the reche to-morrow at midday 
he will be there having said this he turned abruptly aside sprang over the fence skirting the avenue and disappeared in the darkness jean cried martial in almost supplicating tones jean come back listen to me no response a sort of bewilderment had seized the young marquis and he stood motionless and dazed in the middle of the road a horse and rider on their way to montaignac that nearly ran over him aroused him from his stupor and the consciousness of his acts which he had lost while reading the letter from maurice came back to him now he could judge his conduct calmly was it indeed he martial the phlegmatic sceptic the man who boasted of his indifference and his insensibility who had thus forgotten all self-control alas yes and when blanche de coutomieux now and henceforth the marquise de sairmeuse accused marianne of being the cause of his frenzy she had not been entirely wrong martial who regarded the opinion of the entire world with disdain was rendered frantic by the thought that marianne despised him and considered him a traitor and a coward it was for her sake that in his outburst of rage he resolved upon such a startling justification and if he besought jean to lead him to maurice d'escorval it was because he hoped to find marianne not far off and to say to her appearances were against me but i am innocent and i have proved it by unmasking the real culprit it was to marianne that he wished this famous letter to be given thinking that she at least could not fail to be surprised at his generosity his expectations had been disappointed and now he realized what a terrible scandal he had created it will be the devil to arrange he explained but nonsense it will be forgotten in a month the best way will be to face those gossips at once i will return immediately he said i will return in the most deliberate manner but in proportion as he neared the chateau his courage failed him the guests must have departed ere this and martial concluded that he would probably find himself alone with his young wife his father and the marquis de coutomieu what reproaches tears anger and threats he would be obliged to encounter no he muttered i am not such a fool let them have a night to calm themselves i will not appear until to-morrow but where should he pass the night he was in evening dress and bareheaded he began to feel cold the house belonging to the duke in montaignac would afford him a refuge i shall find a bed some servants a fire and a change of clothing there and to-morrow a horse to return it was quite a distance to walk but in his present mood this did not displease him the servant who came to open the door when he rapped was speechless with astonishment on recognizing him you monsieur he exclaimed yes it is i light a good fire in the drawing-room for me and bring me a change of clothing the valet obeyed and soon martial found himself alone stretched upon a sofa before the cheerful blaze it would be a good thing to sleep and forget my troubles he said to himself he tried but it was not until early morning that he fell into a feverish slumber he awoke about nine o'clock ordered breakfast concluded to return to sairmeuse and he was eating with a good appetite when suddenly have a horse saddled instantly he exclaimed he had just remembered the rendezvous with maurice why should he not go there he set out at once and thanks to a spirited horse he reached the reche at half-past eleven o'clock 
the others had not yet arrived he fastened his horse to a tree nearby and leisurely climbed to the summit of the hill this spot had been the site of lacheneur's house the four walls remained standing blackened by fire martial was contemplating the ruins not without deep emotion when he heard a sharp crackling in the underbrush he turned maurice jean and corporal bavois were approaching the old soldier carried under his arm a long and narrow package enveloped in a piece of green serge it contained the swords which jean lacheneur had gone to montaignac during the night to procure from a retired officer we are sorry to have kept you waiting began maurice but you will observe that it is not yet midday since we scarcely expected to see you i was too anxious to justify myself not to be here early interrupted martial maurice shrugged his shoulders disdainfully it is not a question of self-justification but of fighting he said in a tone rude even to insolence insulting as were the words and the gesture that accompanied them martial never so much as winced sorrow has rendered you unjust said he gently or monsieur lacheneur here has told you nothing jean has told me all well then martial's coolness drove maurice frantic well he replied with extreme violence my hatred is unabated even if my scorn is diminished you have owed me an opportunity to avenge myself monsieur ever since the day we met on the square at sermeuse in the presence of mademoiselle lacheneur you said to me on that occasion we shall meet again here we stand now face to face what insults must i heap upon you to decide you to fight a flood of crimson dyed martial's face he seized one of the swords which bavois offered him and assumed an attitude of defence you will have it so said he in a husky voice the thought of marianne can no longer save you but the blades had scarcely crossed before a cry from jean and from corporal bavois arrested the combat the soldiers they exclaimed let us fly a dozen soldiers were indeed approaching at the top of their speed ah i spoke the truth exclaimed maurice the coward came but the gendarmes accompanied him he bounded back and breaking his sword over his knee he hurled the fragments in martial's face saying here miserable wretch wretch repeated jean and corporal bavois traitor coward and they fled leaving martial thunderstruck he struggled hard to regain his composure the soldiers were very near he ran to meet them and addressing the officer in command he said imperiously do you know who i am yes replied the sergeant respectfully you are the son of the duc de sairmeuse very well i forbid you to follow those men the sergeant hesitated at first then in a decided tone he replied i cannot obey you sir i have my orders and addressing his men forward he exclaimed he was about to set the example when martial seized him by the arm at least you will not refuse to tell me who sent you here who sent us the colonel of course in obedience to orders from the grand prevot monsieur de Coutomieu. he sent the order last night we have been hidden in that grove since daybreak but release me tonnerre would you have my expedition fail entirely he hurried away and martial staggering like a drunken man descended the slope and remounted his horse but he did not repair to the chateau de sairmeuse he returned to montaignac and passed the remainder of the afternoon in the solitude of his own room that evening he sent two letters to sairmeuse one to his father the other to his wife End of chapter thirty eight recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico